Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. We're glad you're with us around the state. Whatever affiliate you might be tuned in on or online, glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Hope you're warm and safe and dry wherever you are. And, uh, of course, you've heard it a million times, but just be very careful on the roads, particularly north of Hattiesburg, really even in Hattiesburg, but particularly north of us, are road conditions very bad throughout much of the state. So if you possibly can, stay home today and uh, be with your family and just be safe from the winter weather. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. It may be cold, but they're serving hot barbecue. You can be sure of that. And it is always delicious. You can enjoy it uh, seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg in the dining room through the drive-thru. They'll even deliver it to your house. However you choose it, just be sure the next time you uh, have a taste for barbecue, it's Dickie's Barbecue, and you won't be sorry. Kelly Sander joins us later in the program, but we are happy to say that it is game week for college baseball. And so we uh, start our Monday trips uh out to the Pete to visit with uh, head baseball coach Scott Berry, who today, Coach, I guess you're in the warmth and safety of your home like uh, most everybody. Yeah, let's just call it weather quarantined, I guess, on this <laughs> Monday with the, with the way the weather is. and right. Hopefully we'll be let out tomorrow, but it doesn't look real promising with those temperatures forecast. Right. Uh, coach, we talked a lot last year about the, about your new field and before the season really got started good and it ended. But here we start out the year and it's rainy and it's cold and it's wet. And, and you were telling me before we went on the air, had you had the old field, the whole week would have likely been in jeopardy already. But that's not the case with this new turf, is it? No, sir, it's not. You know, just what we had planned in our investment in synthetic grass is paying off for us right now. I felt like it paid off for us last year in the shortened season, uh, in, in, in the preseason part before we ever opened up last year. But even during uh, a couple of those series, they might have been jeopardized to where we'd had gone to a doubleheader, which we didn't. But certainly as we get ready for this 21 season, we have not been interrupted one time with any type of weather-related uh, um, situations or rain or anything with that. We've we've been on schedule. All right. I, I heard you uh, mentioning to Luke uh, before we went on the air that you guys had a long scrimmage yesterday afternoon. It's game week. It's hard to believe when you look out the studio window right now, but I think the weather is a little better uh, forecasted for the upcoming weekend, particularly by uh, by the end of the week, it may be cold, but I, I don't think we're looking right now at, at any uh, rain or problems like that over the weekend. Uh, are you happy with where your team is, Coach? And I, I guess the next step is to put them on the field in, in front of some strangers and see how they perform. Well, it is, Bob. You know, the, the past three weekends we've had scrimmages on all Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. 
Um, so it was, uh, you know, that's just a, a period for us to really do our last evaluations and try to put people in places and, and get the pieces where we want going into the opening weekend. This weekend was no different. We scrimmaged Friday, Saturday, had a long scrimmage yesterday. All three days were very cold. Uh, but we were able to get out there and get our work done just like we had, had planned on. So uh, as we approach this weekend, you know, I think everything's in place, uh, at least for now. I feel like we know what, uh, what, we, uh, what our personnel can do and how they can help us. Now those things change as, as the season moves along, whether it be uh, from injuries or even now in the COVID times, it may be COVID-related where people have to – be put into to situations maybe they hadn't been uh, before. So we're ready to adjust as, as we get this season about to kick off on, on Friday. One player you will have to replace, not a lot, but one is Matthew Guidry at second base. Can you share with us right now who who looks to step in to replace Guidry at second, Coach? Well, you know, we've got Will McGillis. We've been working him there all fall uh, when when Gid uh, decided to, to not come back and enter the working world, start his career. Uh, so, you know, Will McGillis is an outstanding leader. He's one of our captains. Uh, the young man has really matured on and off the field since day one. He stepped here four years ago. You know, if you look at his history, Bob, you have uh, a young man who, who redshirted his first year. Then his redshirt freshman year, he was our starting shortstop. Then last year, uh, in a shortened season, he was our starting first baseman. Now, in his red shirt, what would he be? I don't even know what he is now with all the COVID <laughs> stuff. It's his fourth year, but he starts at a third uh, a third position uh, with second base, which really tells a lot about his athleticism and ability to do that. And he's played it really well, both in the fall and this preseason spring. You may not want to say right now if you don't feel free, but can you run through what you would perceive to be the starting lineup Friday? Well, I don't want to say right now okay. uh, because, you know, that may change. I mean, something may happen, and, and uh, then, you know, everybody's like, well, he said he was going to do that. I know right. I had somebody reach out to me the other day wanting to know uh, who was a starter at a certain position, and, and I said, well, you'll have, to, you'll have to show up on Friday to see that. So <laughs> that's kind of where we are. You know, I, I kind of hold those cards close to my vest as we get – closer to that time, and, and I probably will continue to do that. Understood, Coach. All right, look, get in here with Coach Barry. Coach, uh, it's it's kind of difficult to put a, put a lineup out there. Looking down the years, where does this team kind of rank in, in, in depth that you've had? Is this the depth? I mean, can we say this is kind of like a, a 2017 team, not, not in uh, likes and, and the same type of players, but I'm just saying from a depth perspective, uh, position. Where does this team rank in, since you've been at Southern Miss? Well, I think it ranks up there pretty high, in all honesty, Luke. Uh, you know, I think it's because, one thing, uh, there's a lot of athleticism on some guys that can move from position to position, one being Will McGillis that we just talked about. You know, that young man can play third, short, second, first. He can play the outfield. The only thing I haven't seen him do is pitch or catch. Uh, and I, I have no uh, have no reason to to entertain that thought there. But you know, Reed Tremble is another one that's an ex- excellent example of somebody that can move around from the outfield to the infield. Michael Ween is a transfer from Pearl River Community College. He can move. Uh, Cade Crosby. He can move. So there's a lot of different 
uh, places that these guys can play, not to mention the guys that, that are kind of backup guys that give us that depth. If we can stay healthy and we can stay COVID-free and all the things that would interrupt uh, anything that, that we have planned, yeah, I think it's probably one of the uh, better teams depth-wise that we've had here. Two guys, uh, we, we've talked to you about Slade Wilkes, and he's one that you know is getting a lot of the attention. But a guy kind of Golden Eagle fans I've been talking to or excited about is Christopher Sargent, uh, transferred from Coast Alabama Community College, and looks like he could help uh, with, with some power this year. Well, he, he can. Uh, you know, he led us in home runs in, in the fall. He, he's leading us in home runs this spring. He's going to hit there in that three and four hole, play first for us. He can also catch, which is is nice to have there as well. So if you have to make some moves uh, late in the game, pinch running for some guys, uh, particularly catchers. So Christopher has been an excellent addition to to our program, and another very high character guy. He's, he plays a good first base over there, but his right handed power at the plate is certainly an asset. A guy like Gabe Montenegro, and, and you know he's he's not a senior; uh, he, he's a junior technically because of COVID. And all these guys, I mean, Walker Powell is uh, the king of the world. You know, he's back for his fifteenth year at Southern Miss. And but a guy like Montenegro, Coach, I think Southern Miss fans don't realize how spoiled we've been the last several years to have a consistent leadoff man like Gabe. Well, you're right, and he plays the role very well. He knows how to get on base. I think, you know, he's small in stature, but he plays very, very fast game. He, he plays a, a technique game in the outfield. We call him textbook game. Everything that he does is, is perfect fundamentally. Uh, he takes a lot of pride in that. He practices at practice just as hard as he plays on game day, which, uh, you know, really tells who, who he is and, and, and how he goes about it. So, Gabe is a uh, is a guy that's been holding down that leadoff spot now for what I guess four years will be his fourth year at that. And, and you're right, it's hard to get that kind of guy. And but we found him in Gabe, and that's what we'll continue to do. All right, Coach, we're going to ask you to stick stick around if you don't mind. Short three minute break, and uh, so much uh, so much anticipation about baseball. Lots of stuff to talk to you about. If you got a few more minutes, you can share with us. Absolutely. Okay, we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Barry. We are in game week. It's hard to believe. Uh, it's very happy. We're happy to say it's game week. Southern Miss hosting Northwestern State uh, starting this weekend, and it's all just almost official, guys. Forget about all the rainy, cold winter weather. That's going to be out of our way by this weekend. We're going to play baseball at the Pete. Uh, that sounds good. We're going to continue our conversation with head baseball coach Scott Barry on the Eagle Hour. Don't go anywhere. Southern Miss to the top. 
baseball game week here in Hattiesburg. That's why we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. He'll be joining us every Monday as uh, we move into the season now and uh, look forward each week to those conversations. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. I guarantee you they have new baseball apparel in the store right now waiting for you to come by and get yours for opening weekend. They're open Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street across from the campus. You can shop online at campusbookmark.net. You can even call Miss Kathleen and tell her what you're looking for. She'll go find it for you in the store, describe it to you, help you in any way she can, and mail it to you. So there's just not uh, an easier place to buy your Southern Miss apparel than Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. All right, Head Coach Scott Berry uh, on the Eagle Hour with us. Coach, uh, again, we have these conversations off the air. And and you were talking about, uh, to both of us, just how entailed all the COVID procedures are going to be. Kind of in a nutshell, tell us how how COVID protocol is going to affect baseball, both from your standpoint and the, the standpoint of players and fans. Well, it's certainly going to produce a different atmosphere than what we've been used to. And the fact that, you know, the social distancing is going to be a big part, not only up in the stands for the fans, but also in the dugout for our players trying to spread them out. NCAA has actually gotten a waiver now where you can rope off part of your grandstands for the extra players, or if there's too many in the dugout, the dugouts aren't big enough, that they can go out there and set to social distance. Uh, obviously, there's a 20-foot buffer, I believe, from fans and any players uh, next to the backstop that they're going to have to be uh, moved away from. You know, mask in our dugouts, um, you know, how we, how we do water, how we do towels, how we shake hands or not shake hands after a game anymore. There's just a lot of stuff that, you know, obviously we've never had to deal with that we're going to have to learn to adjust to, um, you know, this year. I'll tell you one of the biggest rules that's going to be hard is that a, a pitcher can't go to his mouth to lick his fingers, then go to his, his pants, and then go to the ball, which has always been the rule. Now they say that uh, he has to have a wet rag in his back pocket that he can take his fingers to and then wipe off and then go to the ball. Obviously, with the temperatures that we've had here of late, uh, you know, you, you, you would always have in ground rules a discussion about pitchers being able to blow on their hand. Let's make it legal today because it's, it's too cold. Well, that's, uh, that's uh, illegal now. There won't be any blowing on the hands anymore. So mm-hmm. these are things that have been part of baseball for years and years, ever since baseball was, was developed. And now we're, we're having to adjust and try to figure out, you know, to not do that and do it a different way. And, and with temperatures like today, I don't suspect a pitcher wants a wet rag in his back pocket much of the uh, much of the day either, Coach. Well, and that was discussed on the Zoom call at 9 this morning that, that I was a part of. Uh, we were all in agreement with that. Problem is, the NCA and the Rules Committee, they weren't a part of that Zoom call. So right. I, I guess right. we just deal right. with it. All right, Coach. Now, from a fan perspective, it's, it's our understanding initially 1,500 – or so fans in the stands. Can you touch on that briefly, please? You know, I can't, Bob, because I really don't know other than I know that I've been told we're at 25% capacity. There is no walk-up tickets. We have reached that capacity with season ticket uh, renewals uh, and Eagle Club renewals with that season ticket. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that uh, tickets for – Visiting fans is going to be a real problem. It's going to be for our own fans going to other venues. I mean, there's going to be limits 
and capacity limits and, and probably not walk-up tickets there as well. So uh, it, it's, it's going to be totally different in, in how, we, uh, how we go about things and what we've known to be normal. Right. Prior years. And it's kind of fluid, right? It's gonna it, things could change as the season goes on. Well, and that's what we're hoping. You know, we were talking about uh, the ticket situation this morning within our own conference and uh, the visiting team getting tickets, and, and we're hoping that number will increase by the time conference starts on the sixth weekend, uh, to where that you know our visiting fans or even our parents will have more access to, to being able to come and see their sons or the team play. Right. And, Coach, another way this season is going to be different, correct me if I'm wrong, but because of the COVID rule and because of kids being able to get another year of eligibility, not only here but throughout college baseball, a lot of us feel like this may be a really exciting year because you might you might have a lot of really talented kids playing this year that under normal circumstances would have moved on. On paper, it ought to be the best year for college baseball. And because of what you just said, plus the uh, Major League draft did not absorb players like they normally have. That may be high school uh, graduates last year didn't get signed like normal. Uh, junior college kids, even even four-year school kids. I mean, so with only five rounds last year, limited uh, money with the free agent signing, kept players from moving into pro ball. So those players are back playing amateur baseball, which would be college right now. So, uh, you know, a guy that would have normally signed in the, in the sixth or seventh round last year, there wasn't a sixth or seventh round. Right. And he said, you know, and then the free agent money was limited to $10,000. I think it was 10 or 20. I can't remember, but not much money, especially after taxes are, are in there. Then it bumps it way down. You know, the kid says, hey, I'm coming back to school. So, yes, this should be the best year of, of any in college baseball as far as talent pool and just uh, parity and competitiveness across and, the board. And with the reduction, at least temporarily, in the number of minor league programs that Major League Baseball announced just a couple of weeks ago, we could see a change in the face of college baseball for the next two or three years, right? Well, I think so, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but unless the numbers change and there's there's not a, a greater need for more players uh, at the professional level, if they if they diminish or reduce their numbers, whether and, and they're not going to do it on the major league level, but on the minor league level, if they reduce their numbers like we've seen and that stays, then everybody else reduces their numbers and it all falls back onto the high school kid that at one time might have had the opportunity to go on to the next level and play may end his career in high school because there's just no room. Right. Uh, Luke, uh, Coach Perry, before we run out of time. Coach, uh, you back to social distancing, I was a little concerned about you. You know, if you have to run out there and, and drop Mr. Clean on somebody and have to get up in somebody's face, I just, I'm kind of concerned about you. Don't want you to have to pull another hammy. Have you considered uh, what you're going to do to socially distance from the from the uh, umpire? Well, <laughs> a joke, unfortunately, by the way. Luke, unfortunately, they've decided that for us. Uh, the rule states now that if we are in question of a call, then we can't uh, go further than the 45-foot mark on the baseline. So, therefore, example, the way I read it and interpret it is that if I'm coaching third base, there's a missed call at first, I can no no longer run over onto the field and 
ask what's going on with that umpire at first base. I have to go down the line towards home plate at 45 foot and ask him to come to me. Now, I hope he comes. You know, my my worry is is he doesn't want to come, so he just doesn't come. And so then anything else with the home plate umpire, you can no longer enter the dirt area or what would be the dirt area, the circle at home plate. So there's a, they've created a nice buffer for the umpires wow. uh, for us to, to – not have a chance to pull hamstrings or and ever. Yeah, we're just thing. we're looking out for you. So, uh, looking out, yeah, look, Coach right. Denson, Coach Polk would not be able to survive in an environment like no, that. There is no. no way in the world that they would be able to do that. Coach, last question for me: um, Give us a kind of a across the the spectrum look at the conference this year. Who's gonna Who's gonna be some of the heavyweights to, to fight? Well, I tell you, yeah, I think uh, certainly. Uh, you know, we were picked. At the top, which uh, you know we're very grateful for that, but that uh, you know that's on past performances. That has nothing to do with anything that's uh, that's before us. I feel like we're concerned about at the end of the year, not at the beginning. But I know Law Tech is is loaded. They have everybody back, all their position players and hitters back. FAU looks very strong as well. Uh, I think Western Kentucky is going to be much improved. Uh, with them. Rice, I think they're going to be improved. I don't think they're just going to be held down like we've seen in the last couple of three years. So there's a lot of parity. Charlotte, they say, has a power pitching staff. I know we don't play them, uh, but certainly, uh, you know, if, if we get in the tournament, and they do too, then, then we would. But there's a lot of parity across the board, and it should be a fun year in Conference USA and all of college baseball. If we can stay COVID-free, I don't know if you saw yesterday, where the Kentucky-North Carolina series this weekend uh, got canceled because Kentucky has COVID issues. So, uh, you know, I hate to see that right out the gate where, uh, you know, that program or those two programs are are hindered by COVID. But, you know, it's something that's there, and, and it's probably going to affect us all before it's all over with. We just try to stay as healthy and and, uh, and clean as we can. Coach, it's a great pleasure to have you back on the Eagle Hour every Monday. We're very, very grateful to you for your willingness to do that with us uh, each and every year. And we look forward to a weekly conversation with you and lots of wins here in, in the 2021. Well, it's been a long time, almost 11 months since we did the show. So right. uh, we're, we're looking forward to it, too. Thank you. All right, Coach. Coach Scott Thanks, Berry, everybody. The finest baseball coach anywhere and certainly an even better guy, Coach Scott Berry, really do. Uh, have a lot of gratitude to him and every Southern Miss fan should be grateful that he heads up the baseball program. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Greatly appreciate Coach Scott Berry from Southern Miss Baseball joining us in those first two segments. Golden Eagles set to open the 2021 campaign this weekend, 4 p.m. Friday, 2 p.m. Saturday, 1 p.m. Sunday, all at Pete Taylor Park. 
the Northwestern State Demons come in, and uh, that's a team that just was in a, a region a few years ago out of the Southland and just opens this amazing uh, schedule and amazing non-conference schedule, so we appreciate Coach Scott Berry. If you missed it, uh, he, he's not going to reveal his, his show his cards. He's not going to let you know who the, the rotation is going to be. Of course, uh, we assume Powell and Shepard and either Stanley or Best or Boyd will be in there, but you'll just have to wait till uh, till Friday to – See what Scott Barry's got in his mind for this 2021 team. We appreciate his time. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. They are closed today uh, because of the weather, like so many other businesses, uh, but they'll be back at it uh, tomorrow, and uh, they want to wish you and your family a safe Monday as the weather rolls in. 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 lunch. Great place to go to watch all of your favorite sports games on the television. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Bob Getty, Bob in Hattiesburg, Luke in the icy streets of beautiful downtown Laurel as this weather comes in. And uh, it's just a pretty pretty cold day everywhere. Uh, Kelly Santer, it was a cold weekend for Southern Miss basketball. Men get swept by North Texas. Women get swept by North Texas. Southern Miss really never in the game on Friday. The game Saturday, they really battled back, outscored North Texas 34-29, four Golden Eagles uh, in double digits. I'm sorry, five uh, Golden Eagles in those double digits. But we're talking off air. Eagles unable to, to shoot from the outside and, Every team, it seems, in the last three weeks has shot the ball really well behind the arc, and that's just kind of doomed the Golden Eagles. Yeah, that 34-29 to 29 that you referred to, Luke, was in the second half, of course. But one, but one of the things that, that Jay Leidner just really has him scratching his head, and he talked about it here on the Eagle Hour last week, is these, these just really slow starts. You know, and he said they've, they've tried to switch up everything. You know, how long they warm up. Maybe, you know, have they, do they warm up too long? They're trying to change their stretching regimen. They're trying to figure out everything that they can to get out of these slow starts. But when you look at the overall, you know, complexion of the team, also last week we talked about, you know, the was there any area of the team that was really of concern? They've improved on turnovers throughout the year. They cut down, you know, early in the year they were plagued with a lot of turnovers. Those numbers have come down. They have improved on their their free throw shooting percentage. They started out slowly at the beginning of the year. Free throw percentages have gone up. But one area besides these slow starts here, but the slow starts have only you know been reminiscent here about the past uh, you know five or six games. Of course, they've lost now eight in a row. But one thing that has not changed is the Eagles have just they have no presence around the perimeter as far as shooting goes. There's just no three-point threat and and just taking that trip down memory lane just never be so brief you know if you wanted to try to you know get Randolph Keys or John White you know inside then they just it out to Casey Fisher who had launched that three-point shot the Eagles just do not have a three-point threat the numbers never lie in the two games against North Texas on Friday on Friday now in the game that they that they lost uh, in the game that they lost the Eagles were two for 15 from the three-point arc. That's 13%. North Texas shot nearly 30% from the three-point arc. On Saturday, in the first half, Southern Miss was 0 for 3 in the first half. They only attempted three three-pointers in the first half, missed them all. The second half, they were only 2 for 9. And by the way, the yeah. percentages there is 22%. So they only attempted nine three-point shots all day, only made two of them, 
North Texas attempted 20. All right, now when you look back over this losing streak of eight straight games, there was one game against Louisiana Tech that the Eagles shot 23% from the three-point area. And you're thinking, oh, those numbers are going up. Well, against Rice, 17%. And that was another sweep. So where, where you're going with this is as the game of basketball has evolved a little bit over, over the years, if you don't have a three-point presence, you know, you're asking the other team to yeah. essentially defend the interior. That's all you're asking them to do. You know, as opposed to, you know, the Eagles who have got to cover everybody across the court because other teams have more of a three, certainly more of a three-point threat than the Eagles do. So, and they're, and they're not and the, playing the other aspect there. of that. The other aspect of that, 14 turnovers Saturday, and you look at, at Friday, 15 turnovers. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's been a, a game this year. That, that I guarantee you there's been one, but I'm just saying in recent memory where the Eagles had less than 10 turnovers. So here's the question, Kelly. I mean, these guys were, were good on their tape when they came in. I mean, and, and you, you look at Pinkney. Johnson started Saturday. He had 16 points, six boards, led the team. Those were two top 15 guys nationally. Um, Pierre's come in. It just it seems like there's just a little lack of confidence, and and I don't know if it if it's going to take this whole year to to get it out. But it's I, I, Southern Miss fans were panicking Saturday on social media, and I just think people need to breathe and understand. Um, it's going to take a little bit, and and uh, I think you've kind of hinted at it. It's going to get a little worse or remain the same until it gets better. You, you just have to be able – you can't be one-dimensional. And, look, I'll be the first one to admit, I've never coached a college basketball game in my life. But just common sense would dictate if you don't have a three-point shooter, the other team doesn't have to defend it. Right? So, I mean, you're – it, it, you're cutting it down to an, to an inside game. The other team can focus on the inside. And where the, where the Eagles, who are playing pretty good defense, but they're spread out all over the floor because other teams can and will put it up from anywhere. And, and obviously the coaches are obviously they're, they're not oblivious to this. They're going to go out and try to find some three-point shooters. But until, until that happens, you know, they're going to be a pretty you know, one-dimensional team. Now, they're going to, you know, FIU this weekend, and FIU is at the very bottom of the standings on the eastern side of the conference. So if they can go in there, you know, and get a, get a couple wins, we'll see, we'll see what they're made out of now, you know, mentally and emotionally, because it, it's nearly going to be impossible now to even make the postseason tournament. But you still got some games coming up, so let's see how you play. Well, you know? I think at this point, Kelly, fair to say, you you got to see if they're playing for pride. You know, right. they're playing for respect and pride. They're probably not going to get in the tournament now, as you say, but uh, it would make a huge difference to uh, to come back here and win a handful of these games at the end, whether you get in the tournament or not. For sure. And and it, and it would be a building block for, for you know, next season because of, because of COVID, everybody gets their, their year back if they, if they want to. Uh, there's, there's no – I don't think anybody doubts that there's talent there, but there's obviously some missing pieces. So I have I have confidence that the staff will, will find those missing pieces that fit and and pull it together. But this this whole season, I think Luke mentioned last week. When was the last basketball season that went North Carolina, um, Kentucky, Kentucky and, and some of these other, other powerhouses aren't even ranked? Right. Uh, right. It's just been a very weird. Gonzaga might be your national champion. 
in college basketball. Well, they're pretty good. Now. I'm cool with that. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not taking yeah. anything away from them. I'm just saying it, it's just kind of a weird year all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Not a good weekend for the ladies either, guys. Uh, they they lose two uh, as well. Uh, Luke, uh, your analysis of their play. Yeah, they they got beat pretty bad on on Friday, and they played tough on on Saturday. Kelsey Jones on Friday had fourteen points, nine rebounds. She has really had a, a really good season underneath. Uh, Deja, or uh, yeah, Deja Allman also had eleven points and and four rebounds Saturday. Uh, they out they they outscored, started hot, out, uh, scored twenty two points in the first quarter. Um, and then just lost it late. Got beat seventy two sixty four. Smallwood had sixteen points. Uh, Warmsley, the freshman, had thirteen points. And you know it was kind of the, the way Saturday they were just you know fighting. And it's just the uh, typical of a Joy Lee McNeil's team just fighting. But Lady Eagles uh, fall to six and eight on the year, four and eight in, in Conference USA. That kind of puts them towards the bottom half uh, in the West. Uh, I think they're tied. Uh, I know they're in fifth place right now uh, in the West. And so. So coming up, I mean, they're in situations. The ladies, especially, they can still, you know, make the tournament and and do a few things. Uh, the men this weekend uh, will be on the road at FIU, and so that means the ladies will host the Lady Panthers in Reed Green Coliseum. Right, Kelly. They did play softball, and the and the ladies won won two games this weekend. And 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 they beat the uh, they beat the, the Northerners. Yeah, the girls the from North bag. Dakota. Yeah, the, the carpet in their own environment. <laughs> yeah, in their own environment. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let me tell you all about this real quick, though. They came. Yeah, they came. So we have a freshman pitcher named Carson Pierce from Daphne, Alabama. She threw a complete game yesterday in the nine inning loss, sixteen strikeouts, and she went two for three from the plate. Well, good for her. And, Sixteen strikes, uh, and I think a pretty good start for the ladies when you think about everything. And uh, so they win two of their first three games and uh, head to uh, Florida State next, if I'm not mistaken about that. Yeah, this this scheduled to play down there tomorrow. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I really don't. Um, I'm not a weatherman. It's officially been canceled. It has. It okay. just went canceled. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was Florida say, State's breathing a sigh of relief too, Santa, about that. Let me tell you. Uh, but yeah, they don't want they don't want them Lady Eagles coming in there <laughs> and putting it on them. And and the women's soccer team beat South Alabama yesterday yeah. too. They played that game. So, All right, Eagle Hour continues. Other side of the break. One more to go. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment on this chilly wind or a Monday. It's Monday. Brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training. High school baseball is supposed to kick off in the Pine Belt this week. And I know some games tomorrow were, were canceled, but... Uh, D-Bat and D-1 training, a great place to go for your kids uh, to get all the instruction they need. They specialize in baseball and softball. And then next door at, at D-1 training, uh, you can get in some of the best shape of your life, D-Bat and D-1. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Lots going on this weekend. Lots going on today in uh, Southern Miss Sports Men's Golf down in Mobile at the Mobile Bay Intercollegiate uh 
yesterday and today in Mobile, Alabama. Junior golfer Bryce Wilkinson shot a one under 71, much better than what I could do. And uh, he is tied, I think Southern Miss is tied as, as ninth place overall, but uh, Wilkinson playing as an individual and, and having a, a good job so far. Track and field, we're up at Vanderbilt. Uh, and Trey Johnson won his second title of the year, winning the men's 400-meter dash in a blazing 47.86 seconds. DJ Butler also in the same event earned third place. Golden Eagles uh, get ready this coming weekend to go to Birmingham for the Conference USA Indoor Championships. Women's soccer uh, won their second game of the year Sunday, defeating South Alabama 1-2-0. Senior midfielder Jenny Caracio scored at the 10-minute mark, and uh, the, the Lady Eagles really played great defense in the second half. And Man, it was some uh, some fierce weather out there, but Lady Eagles improved to 2-0. And this Friday, go down to take on the Bayou Bengals in Baton Rouge. So Coach Mo and the Lady Eagles off to a 2-0. And, and then we mentioned a little earlier, softball uh, getting underway. They're 2-1 and one as they uh, beat North Dakota Saturday, beat Murray State, and then, man, a great job uh, by Carson Pierce yesterday, but unable to to uh, get through that one. Uh, the Lady Eagles lose 4-2, to two, Pierce with 16 strikeouts in that game. And then women's volleyball out at Rice. They have another match today, uh, but they lost yesterday to the Lady Owls. So, man, it's it's unique having some of these uh, normal fall sports uh, in the spring, uh, but, man, it's it makes a lot uh, to, to watch for sure. Of course, baseball, everybody's been counting down, kind of like making the little paper chains, you know, like you were a little kid waiting for Christmas to come. I think a lot of Southern Miss baseball fans have got those uh, ready for baseball season. And, and looking at the weather forecast, it's supposed to be much, much better. Not uh, certainly Miami Beach temperatures, but in the sunny and in the 60s uh, later on in the week, which is certainly more uh, palatable. But, you know, the guys out in the roost, it doesn't matter to them what the temperature is. They're not... What is that really? Jody Lott, Jody Lott has has uh, things to combat the weather, the weather out there. Bob, I'm afraid to ask Kelly this question, and so you can just trump me and shut this down. I'm just curious what Kelly Sander does during ice storms. <laughs> Be careful, Kelly. Be careful. <laughs> I, I do the same thing that I do in lovely weather. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little better. That made me a little nervous to ask him an open-ended question quite like that. But Luke, what is the forecast for baseball this weekend? Break it down for us. I know you. I know there's a computer within your reach as we speak. (laughs) Well, I I wanted to just let people know in in Laurel and Hattiesburg what's going on. I mean, Laurel right now, the weather, the the rain's about to quit, and by 5 p.m. it's going to be 26. When you wake up in the morning, it's going to be 14. Hattiesburg, uh, you're going to have a little more rain till about 2 or 3 o'clock, and when you wake up in the morning, it's going to be 15. Driving home today at 5, it's 27. When, when we look towards the weekend, at 4 p.m., we were like, oh, they're going to move the game up, and this is this is uh, going to be great, and we won't freeze to death. Friday, it's sunny, but the high is 43 with a low 21. Saturday, mm. high 55, low 33. Sunday will be nice, partly cloudy, high 63, low 52. Hmm, hmm. And usually they'll err on the side of caution, so it wouldn't surprise me if those numbers bump up a little bit, you know, as we get as we get later in the week. Yeah, but uh, Kelly, this weather like now is a kind of WDAM back in the day. Yeah, that was the old running joke. Was as many years as I did sports, everybody would stop and say, "Hey, don't you do the weather?" And I said, "No, I don't do the weather." You know, although guys did used to 
you know, call my wife at the house and ask her if the coast was clear. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, maybe a lot of people did think I did the weather. You never did know. the weather center. We always did the weather. You did the news and the weather. If you did the news, you had to do the weather. Well, I mean, just a, a forecast, you know, that the National Weather Service would write or something like that. Right, but, uh, right. But I'm by no means was a... You know, a meteorologist. They'd have to pay more, Bob, if we were meteorologists. Those guys are highly intelligent. This is the kind of weather, though, Santa. You do a lot of shirtless jogging, isn't it? Well, I do that all the time, Bob. Try to give the women at Cambridge a big fat thrill. Yeah, a big fat thrill. Is that what you said? I didn't say that, Kelly. You did. You were breaking up. What would you say? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least it's too cold for you to go to the beach with your Barlet pear outfit. Yeah. yeah, uh, we, we don't want to. We don't want to bring that up right now. We've got plenty my, of time to digest that when the weather gets warm. My high socks, penny loafers, and metal detector. I'm a real sight. So, <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready for some baseball later in the week? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Going to so be ready. fun. Northwestern well, State. And and Bobby Barbier, the coach of Northwestern State, gets us to join us you know, later on this week. Good <laughs> the deal. Eagles, don't take the demons lightly now. No, good, no that's you know? exactly right. All right. Of course, that whole schedule's good. We yeah. hope everybody stays warm and dry and stay off the roads tonight if you possibly can. Just sit at home until tomorrow at 1 o'clock. That's when we'll be back. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.